On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. It is officially draft day. Welcome back. Everybody to the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, as always, Cody Felger. Joining me, he's basically your other host, Andrew Thomason. Andrew, it's draft day, man. How are you feeling? Draft day is like Christmas Eve all over again for me, Cody, if I'm being honest. I'm a draft nerd. I I follow all kinds of mock drafts and create my own mock drafts, and and I won't get too much into that, but I'm I'm as excited as, as anyone probably. Oh, yeah. It's top. One of the top days in the year for me. Like I love draft day so much. It was actually a couple of days ago rewatching the 2017 draft. Ironically, when the rumor around Malik Hooker was happening, they replayed the 2017 draft from the Colts took Hooker at 15th overall. Uh, but today we wanted to kind of preview the draft. So the Colts obviously don't have a first round pick in the 2020 draft as it stands right now. Um, so ideally, they're going to be picking on Friday tomorrow. They have two second-round picks, 34 and 34. They have a third-round pick, and they have seven picks in total. And so we wanted to kind of preview that for you guys, Andrew and I did, by looking at the top three, I guess technically four. So we have top three and then a 3A of the positions of need that we feel like the Indianapolis Colts should address in the 2020 draft. And so we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball. We're going to start with our 3A, move all the way up to one. So, Andrew, who do you have here at 3A for the top need for the Colts offense? The 3A, I've got uh, offensive line depth. And, and, I mean, I think this one sort of speaks for itself. You lose Joe Haig to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You bring back LaRaven Clark, who I believe was a third or fourth round pick a few years ago. Um, and he hasn't really lived up t- to, to being um, a quality starter just yet. He's, he's a decent backup, but I don't – I certainly don't see him being, you know, Costanzo's successor uh, once he hangs it up. But, you know, the Colts were fortunate last year to have their entire starting five offensive linemen uh, start all 16 games. And in the NFL, um, injuries happen, and the Colts are honestly, in my opinion, one offensive line injury away from from being in trouble if they don't address the offensive line depth. I mean, I, I think it's that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, we don't have it as one of our top three needs because you mentioned you have all five starters. It's not like it's a pressing, pressing need in terms of we need to get a guy in the early rounds or else we're in big, big trouble. It's a, it's a something where you could get a guy in the mid-round, maybe a few guys in the mid-round, uh, and potentially you know address that without having to spend one of those more premium, high-value type of picks with the offensive line. So that's probably why we have it at three a, as opposed to, you know, three, two or one, because it's not 
pressing. You have all of your starters, but you don't necessarily you still necessarily have to probably address that offensive line depth because you really don't have anybody outside of the guys that you know the five starters. So yeah, that that that's our number three A or four. Uh, who is your number three here, Andrew, for the the third need on offense for the Colts ahead of the twenty twenty draft? All right, coming in at number three, I've got running back. Um, and this might be somewhat of a surprise, but uh, it was originally going to be tied in. But with the Colts um, just picking up Trey Burton, actually not too long ago, um, running back is is my number three need. You, you look at Marlon Mack and, jo- and, and Naheem Hines, rather, um, there's really no concern there. Although Jim Irsay uh, and Chris Ballard did say that they, as of right now, they weren't working on an extension for Marlon Mack. Um, Jordan Wilkins is your third string back. And then Jonathan Williams, who was technically your fourth string back on the depth chart, but played as a starting back and a backup back for two or three games last season. Uh, He is no longer on the active roster. So it's not as big of a concern as a line depth, in my opinion, but it's certainly something that they should maybe look to address in the later rounds. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I think you definitely need, like you, like we've talked about on this podcast, is, you know, the NFL is, it's a tough game, right? And injuries happen. And we saw Marlon Mack has not played in 16 games since he's been drafted. Uh, and that's just kind of the nature of the running back, you know, position. You're, you're going to get banged up at some point in the season, more likely than not. So I like that more of a, you know, I know they signed Roosevelt Nix, um, who's going to play fullback for you. But, you know, I also look at it as kind of like, you need a bigger power back. I feel like still, um, you know, and you'd only sign next to a one-year deal. So it would be nice to have a guy back there that can really, you know, punish people on one yard or less situations. So that's where I would probably look if I did look at running back for the Colts there. I know it's not a big need, a primary need, but it's certainly a position that you could add to. And then we can move on now to number two, the number two position you have, Andrew, what position is that and why? Uh, I've got quarterback for my number two position. Uh, you know, you look at what they did in the offseason, bringing in Phillip Rivers, uh, one-year $25 million deal, as many of you know. Um, but that doesn't mean that the Colts shouldn't look into potentially drafting a quarterback early in this draft or at least some point in the draft. Because as it currently stands right now, they don't have anybody under contract uh, going into the 2021 season. And if they thought, and this is just my opinion, but if they had thought that Brissett was the answer going forward in terms of the franchise quarterback. I don't think you bring in a guy like Phillip Rivers. I think you roll with Jacoby Brissett and you say, okay, he played well during the first half of the season. And then after he severed that injury, he sort of tailed off a bit, but we're going to give him another shot. That's not what they did. They obviously brought in Rivers. And so I think, you know, I've heard from a couple different reporters, um, not with inside the Colts or that cover the Colts personally, but just the NFL in general, that the Colts have their eye on potentially Jacob Eason out of Washington or Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. So it wouldn't shock me in the least bit if, if it's spend maybe that second-round pick, uh, 44th overall, or maybe even a third- or fourth-round pick on one of those two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we have it at two is simply because you mentioned you signed Phillip Rivers, so it's not like you absolutely – have to draft a quarterback i think it'd be good to if a, if a quarterback so that you like because like you mentioned beyond 2020 you don't have anybody currently under contract at the quarterback position uh, but we have it at number two because we feel like even if you didn't address the quarterback position early 
you still will be okay. Um, and then maybe you'll look into the 2021 draft to address your quarterback position. All righty. So now moving on to your number one, Andrew. I think it's pretty obvious for anybody who's been following the Colts, but who's your number one here, Andrew, for the Colts' offensive needs? As you mentioned, Cody, I think this one's a little obvious. Number one is wide receiver. Now, mm-hmm. the Colts um, did bring back Marcus Johnson. So, you know, that's, he had uh, a really solid game against Tampa Bay, I believe. So he's a solid, solid piece, especially when you consider the amount of depth that the Colts just don't have. I think it's a smart move by the Colts to bring him back, but it should lessen the um, necessity at wide receiver. It shouldn't make the Colts think less of, of this wide receiver class in any way or, or think of not drafting at least a receiver. Uh, it's certainly a major need. T.Y. Hilton is 30 years old after all. Um, he This is the first season, or I should say last season was his first season where he was sort of up and down in terms of health. So you have to take that into consideration. And although you have guys like Zach Pascal and Paris Campbell, um, Pascal, who I think is going to is a potential breakout candidate for this year based on what he did last year, um, especially when you consider how just awful the Colts passing offense was. And then you have Paris Campbell, who I hope for going into last season had, you know, his fair share of injuries and didn't really perform up to, you know, what we had hoped. Um, so, but you have to start thinking of, of life after T.Y. Hilton. As I mentioned, he's 30 years old. He's battled some injuries now. Um, and, and so the, the receiver is still should be the Colts number one priority going into the draft. Yeah. And you mentioned Marcus Johnson. I think it makes sense for both sides. A one-year deal for the veteran wide receiver. He has familiarity with Frank Reich's offense back in all the way in the Philly, Philadelphia days and also being with the Colts for the last two years. So it makes a lot of sense there. But you're right, Andrew. It should not lessen the Colts taking a wide receiver pretty early on and maybe even double dipping and getting another wide receiver maybe in the mid to later rounds um, just to add some more depth because there is a lot of unknown. You lose Devin Funchess. Paris Campbell was injured all of last year. So was T.Y. Hilton. They were both hit with the injury bug. Uh, you like Zach Pascal quite a lot, but you know he's a guy that like I, I would be more comfortable with him as maybe a, your number four option. Honestly, uh, as good as he was, I feel like you can still get and bring in more talent um, to continue to you know. Chris Ballard does a great job, Andrew. I think of turning the Colts' weaknesses into strengths, and I think he's going to do it again here in the 2020 draft by addressing the wide receiver not once but twice, um, and just bringing more competition and more depth to that wide receiver position. So that's our top three for the offense. Now moving over to the defense. So I'm going to start here with my three a, and I think it's, it's a wild card could potentially be uh, defensive interior line. And I know some of our listeners are saying that's absolutely nuts. Why would you do that? You just signed, you just traded for DeForest Buckner and signed Sheldon day. Why do you need to address the interior? Well, here's my thoughts here. We know Chris Ballard loves the offensive and defensive lines. We know that. You have Grover Stewart, who played some pretty good snaps for you last year. But you got to think, what if Chris Ballard wants to beef up that defensive interior a little bit more? Grover Stewart's over 300 pounds. Bring in another guy to back up Grover Stewart. That's kind of my thoughts. I think that that makes sense. I, mean, I know Sheldon Day, people could argue, but he signed a one-year deal. So beyond 2020 – you know, you might need some more de- defensive interior depth. Uh, I feel like, you know, you have four guys, ideally, especially I feel like Tyquan Lewis, will, I think he should maybe kick out and play some defensive end. So you have four guys there. But I think adding another guy just for depth purposes, 
um, would make a lot of sense. Similar to the offensive line, just continuing to add depth. For me, I think that makes sense. I don't think it's a big need because, uh, you know, you you addressed it a lot in free agency. But, you know, I know Chris Ballard's love for the trenches, and so it makes sense to me. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts here on the potentially signing a defensive interior, in, I guess drafting and then signing a defensive interior guy? Yeah, I think you hit a lot of major points there, Cody, with first off Chris Ballard and his love for the trenches. Um, you know, he's mentioned numerous times on multiple occasions that he'll never, never lose any love uh, for having enough offensive linemen and enough defensive linemen. And mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier in the NFL, injuries only really happen. And when those happen, you have to be able to have players that can step up in times of need and play well for you. And I think that Yes, the Colts did a lot, as you mentioned, Cody, this offseason in terms of bringing in depth on the defensive line. But I, there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with having six to seven or maybe even eight quality defensive line starters. Or of those eight starters, maybe three or four of them are, are quality enough players to be able, like I said, to produce in case an injury happens or um, somebody goes out during you know, a third down. Whatever the case may be, I think you can never have enough uh, interior defensive line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was a weakness of the Colts last year, the defensive interior. So I could definitely see Ballard continuing to address that defensive interior, even though he has in free agency twice. That moves me now to number three, staying on the defensive line. I think edge rusher is potentially in play here. Um, I don't think probably the second round pick, unless a guy randomly falls. I'm thinking more of a mid to later round pick. Because the last two years, you've addressed that defensive end edge rusher in the second round. I mean, if you want to count Tyquan Lewis, you've addressed it with three of your second round picks. If you just want to count Ben Banigou and Kamoko Turi, more edge guys, then you've done it the last two drafts with two second round picks. Um, But, you know, with the loss of Jabal Sheard, I mean, he still could re-sign with the Colts. But at this point, um, he's still a free agent and the Colts have not brought him back. But, you know, thinking about that like that, you know, you think about the edge and Jabal Sheard brought a lot in the run game, in the run stopping game. And I think when he came back from that injury, it showed the Colts were better at stopping the run. They struggled early on in the season, especially that Chargers game week one. That was a, a rough game for that Colts run defense. And so um, looking, you know, looking at the edge rushers, you could potentially get another guy just to add some depth. You like what you got in Kamoko Ture. Ben Banigou showed some flashes for you. You know, I mentioned if Tyquan Lewis even kicks out to defensive end where he had success in 2018 when he was healthy. Um, I think potentially that could be a fit there, um, an edge rusher. And again, you know, looking at some of these positions, it might not necessarily be the most pressing need, but the Colts addressed a lot on defense in free agency. And so um, as opposed to the offense where you're like, yep, this is a need. This is definitely a need. It's a little bit different here where you would like to add another player here for depth purposes, but it's not like it's a pressing need. And if you don't get a guy, um, it's going to kill you in any way. But Andrew, what are your thoughts here on potentially getting an edge guy here, uh, maybe mid to late round? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you made, again, some very valid points, Cody, with the drafts of uh, Kamoko Ture, Ben Banigou, and also Taekwon Lewis over the last several drafts. Um, now, that being said, Taekwon Lewis, from what I understand, for the majority of, of last season was healthy, but there were some 
I'll call them character issues from what I understand. Uh, and that's why he was sort of not on the field, even though he was healthy. Let's hope he can maybe change things up a bit and, and become maybe um, the, the defensive end that we, we hope that he can become. Uh, as far as Kamoko Ture is concerned, you know, he definitely showed some flashes early last season before suffering that, that season-ending knee injury, I believe, against Kansas City. Um, you know, and as much as I love Kamoko Ture, we're not really sure how, how well he's going to perform coming off of that injury. And I'm not sure Chris Ballard wants to take that chance knowing that the injury that he sustained was a serious one. And they're certainly going to take their time with bringing him back. And then I think you also have to factor in the age of Justin Houston. Um, he's 31 years old, which isn't, you know, really, really old, I guess, in terms of NFL years. But Chris Ballard, as you mentioned, Cody, is has always had love for the trenches. And, you know, with, with the age of Justin Houston, as I mentioned, with the injury concern, maybe with Kamoko Ture going into the season and with the what, like I said, what we'll call character issues or what I'll call character issues rather from what I've heard, this is what I'm going to clarify. That's not me personally. It's from what I've heard. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if the Colts maybe spent a third or fourth round pick on a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just more of a bendy type of athlete. We know the Colts like a lot of those guys. Um, you look, you know, you can look back Kamoko Ture, Ben Banagu, both guys who have some good bend to them, some good explosiveness um, off the edge. But yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I would probably say if I was choosing, probably fourth or later, just because I feel like there's some needs that we talked about on offense that I think are a bit more pressing. Um, but again, we know Chris Ballard is a guy who is going to pick based off of who's the highest on their board. And I think if a defensive end, you sit in there a third or fourth round, defensive ends the highest on your board, you take him. And then moving on now to number two for the defense, I have safety. I was going to just initially put free safety because of the uncertainty around Malik Cooker. But kind of looking at it, I'm just going to include safety because I also think there's potentially a need behind Kari Willis because Clinton Gathers did not get re-signed. Um, and, and there may be just you know another need to add a depth piece there at safety. So mid to late round for that as well. Um, if you do draft a free safety, especially if you decide, no, we're not going to pick up Malik Hickard's fifth-year option, which I think you should. But if for some reason you say, no, we're not going to do that, I think there's some guys you should probably try to get a little bit early to, to eventually replace Malik Hooker. Um, so that's why I have it here at two, because I think you should probably address the safety position both ways now, especially with the, especially if you decide, like I mentioned, Malik Hooker's a guy we don't believe in long-term, so we're not going to pick up his option. So that's why I have safety here. Andrew, what are your thoughts on safety being number two here? I completely agree um, with, with safety being number two. Uh, when you look at, you, you know, the the trade rumors, as you mentioned, Cody, surrounding Malik Hooker, we're not really sure what's going to happen there. So that's something to sort of keep an eye on. Um, and then, you, as you just mentioned, Clayton Gathers is no longer on the roster. And then you have George Odom, who's a nice player, but he's not, in my opinion, um, the quality of player that Malik Hooker or Kari Willis is. And I think it's important you know, and I, and I hate to sound like a, a repeating record, if you will, but injuries happen in the NFL. And Chris Ballard will even say it himself. Injuries happen, and if you don't have the necessary pieces in place in terms of depth to come in and replace those injured players or players that can come in and make a, a quality level of impact during the time those players are out, 
then it really hurts the defense as a whole and it hurts your team as a whole because then that area of your team becomes weaker in a way um, because, you know, there is somebody back there that may be so young or, or, or there's somebody back there that, that hasn't really spent much time with the Colts and their defensive system. And so there's the inexperience, but either way, the, the depth at safety is, is really, really important. And I think, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me sort of, as you mentioned, Cody, if, if the Colts spend a, spend a late round pick or so on a, on a quality strong or even free safety. Mm-hmm. And that moves me now staying in the secondary. My number one pick undoubtedly is the cornerback position. Yes. The Colts addressed it. They signed Xavier Rhodes, former all pro. They signed TJ Carey, kind of a, a guy that started for the Browns, but it's kind of been a journeyman uh, adding some depth there. But I simply think you could get more top-end talent here at the corner position. I personally would try to use one of those second-round picks. If one of those corners is sitting there, I would not be opposed to drafting one of those corners. Just giving you another guy um, that you see a lot of upside with. The Colts see some upside with Xavier Rhodes. Um, they think they can get him back to his 2017 All-Pro form. But you know, like, like you mentioned, the NFL is unpredictable a lot of times. And so – what if Xavier Rhodes turns out to be like he was last year or even the year before? Um, and you're like, oh, shoot, we don't really have any backup plan here. I think you add another corner here. Continues to build up the competition, especially with Quincy Wilson on the trade market, most likely going to be gone from the Colts, whether that he gets traded or is outright just cut. So I think addressing the corner position here, and I know that will scare some people off uh, using another second round pick on a corner, but I simply think that the corners you know, underperformed last year. And I think you need to add, I know you added a couple guys in free agency, but why not continue to add more competition? You know, why not add another corner that you think has tremendous upside and could potentially be a starter, ideally alongside Rocky Sin um, for the near future? Because both those guys you signed, you only signed to one-year deals. So next year, it's going to be a need again, unless you re-sign one of these guys. And so uh, I'm personally of the belief that out of all of these positions on defense, corner for me is number one by far. I don't think it's really close. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Andrew, on my number one pick here of cornerback? I certainly think it's it's should be the number one need as well, Cody. I mean, you know, for all the reasons you just mentioned, you look at the the two signings that Chris Ballard made at corner, that being T.J. Carey and Xavier Rhodes. Um, you know, T.J. Carey coming in, maybe playing a backup slot role to Kenny Moore. And then you have Xavier Rhodes, who we're hoping is going to sort of get back to his old pro bowl and all pro days from when he was a Minnesota Viking just a few, a few short seasons ago. And, you know, as you also mentioned, they're both on only, only on one year deals. And so if you don't really address the need, this draft, um, it's going to become a need again. And I don't think Chris Ballard is, the kind of GM that is wanting to constantly have to having to address the same need. He wants to bring in a specific kind of player, specific kinds of players that fit the mold of what he's been building here in Indianapolis that fit the culture. And he wants them to, he wants to be able to, he and the coaching staff want to be able to build them as Colts. And, um, and I, and I think that with the signing of TJ Carey and then also Xavier Rhodes, um, I think it speaks volumes in a way to, to the amount of the, I, I think, you know, in a way, Cody, I think Chris Fowler agrees with us is, is what I'm trying to get at is I think that mm-hmm. he also agrees that cornerback was a major need or still is. you mentioned Quincy, Quincy Wilson is probably going to be traded. 
at one point during the draft or at some point during the draft, and then you moved on from Pierre Desir and sort of the, the shocking move. But nonetheless, I agree. Cornerback um, is, a, is a, certainly a, a position of need. And I wouldn't be surprised, as you mentioned, Cody, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed either uh, to the Colts using maybe an early round, second or third round pick on a top tier corner. Yeah, and that does it here for our top three needs on the Colts offense and defense ahead of the NFL draft. Again, the Colts don't pick today. They pick on Friday as it stands right now. They have two first round or two second round picks, I should say, uh, a third round pick. And then they have some other mid round picks, seven picks in total. So it'll certainly be interesting to see, do the Colts agree with us? Do they place a high premium value on these positions that we did? They might, they might not. They might wait on some of these positions for next year. You just don't know. They could maybe try to find some stopgap solutions if they don't get all of these positions, which they probably won't. Uh, There's still some free agents out there that I could see them potentially bringing in after the draft. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Uh, Andrew, before we kind of wrap this podcast up, are you going to be watching the first round of the draft, even though the Colts don't have a first round pick? Absolutely. You know, I, as I sort of alluded to during the beginning of the draft, I'm, I follow the draft really, really extensively. Um, and so I, I'm certainly going to be following not just for the Colts, but for also all 31 other teams as well. And you never know. Chris Ballard, he's done a lot of surprising things during the offseason, things that we've never seen him do before, um, like trading away that first round pick for DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe Jordan Love or a quarterback that he really likes or or any other position. Rather, I don't want to just specify the quarterback, but uh, another position that, that he and the Colts staff may really like. Maybe they'll move up into the first round and get him if that player were to fall. Yeah, we'll see. I, yeah, I'm kind of of the belief that if anything, they'll probably trade back because listen to the Chris Ballard Zoom call with the media. He said, unprompted, I'd probably like more picks. I'm fine with seven, but I'd probably like more. So I don't think it's really a realistic possibility, honestly, that the Colts trade up in this draft in terms of their second round or the first round. I think it makes more sense to to maybe go back a few picks, acquire maybe another second, third round pick, maybe a later round pick, and just continue to add picks. I think that that's kind of what Chris Ballard has loved to do. That's been his mantra. We saw that in 2018. Again, totally different situation. We saw it in 2018 when the Colts traded back from three to six, acquired a haul of second round picks and still got their guy in Quentin Nelson. Uh, and then even last year, they, they trade out of the first round, they get another second round pick and they, they draft their guy in rock. SN. So I could see the Colts doing that as well. Um, there's a lot of different scenarios that could happen a lot that won't happen, but regardless of all that, it's going to be a really, really fun draft because the Colts still do have some decent picks that could come in and make an impact right away from day one. But alrighty, I think that wraps up this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on and talking about this. Certainly going to be a great weekend. I can't wait for it, man. So with that, thanks guys, as always, and as always go Colts.